That's the name of Jesus. Come on and lift me up. Hallelujah. You lift me up. of your Yes, Lord. The power of your name. You lift me up. Thank you, Jesus. You lift me up. Thank you, Father. Lord, we bask in your glory. And we stand on the wings of your grace. Thank you because you are faithful and you are a covenant-keeping God. Thank you for keeping us and preserving us from January until this very last Sunday in the month of November, the 11th month. And because you are faithful and truthful to your word and your promises, you have kept us and we are certain and sure that you are going to lift us up. Lift up your people and your church about situations and circumstances of life. And that's why we are here again today, Lord, this morning, to commune with you, to fellowship with you. And because you are faithful, when you bring people together before your presence is for a purpose. And Lord, we are asking today in the name of Jesus that you cause it to rain upon us. Every need in this house, Lord, let there be a word, a word for every situation. Let every man under the sound of my voice and every family represented under the sound of my voice. Leave this all this day. Lord, built up, transformed, encouraged, challenged, and overcome us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father in heaven, the glory shall be us, but the blessing shall be unto us, the sons of men. We pray for everyone, including our viewers, O oh God, that you reach out unto everyone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father in heaven. To you alone we give all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have worship. Come on, in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, shout hallelujah. Let's give God a round of applause. Come on, God bless you choir. Hallelujah. Come on, let's do it very well. Let's give God a round of applause. Hallelujah. Uh, is that all you can do? Let's give it to the King of glory. The everlasting Father, the El Shaddai. The one who was, is, and is to come. The one who is your strength and your shield. And your great provider. Come on, shout hallelujah. Come on, shout a victorious hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Please have your seat. 
God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to welcome everyone to, to the service this morning. This is the very last Sunday of the 11th month of the year 2015. And I'm so excited that the same God that has kept you to see this last Sunday, you will see the last Sunday of December. And you will see many, many, many more Sundays and many, many more years in Jesus' name. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to welcome our viewers as well uh, that are watching live. We love you and we know God has a purpose for your life. And you'll be blessed greatly in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I quickly welcome our guest? This is your very first Sunday to this parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Grace Chapel, uh, New Westminster in British Columbia. We love you. We appreciate you. Is anybody like that? Just wave to the Lord. Hallelujah. Can see one hand at the back there. God bless you, man. You are welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you. Please, those of us around there, just those, can we please welcome her powerfully? Let's say, Mama, we love you in the name of Jesus Christ. We appreciate your coming. And the Lord Almighty God will bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. At the end of the service, we're still going to welcome you specially and show you a little bit of our hospitality. Glory be to Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, um, before I share with us briefly this morning, I, I want to just um, address maybe two or three of the uh, questions that were asked, that were left unasked, uh, unanswered last Sunday when um, our youth had their, had their youth Sunday. And uh, it, was, it was such a very powerful Sunday. Um, um, the, the first of its type here, in a, in, a, in a panel, we had a panel that answered questions, and uh, it was really good. Hallelujah. It was good. But after that, there's been, you know, inquiries, and a lot of people have been asking questions. Actually, what I want to share with you also is, a, is another way of answering some of the questions as well. But before I go into that in Deuteronomy, I just want to uh, attend to a few of the questions. And the first one is this. And I said, from what Pastor George, that's our guest speaker, we all know the um, the theme was um, divine empowerment. And last Sunday, the youth were able to focus primarily on, um, on decision-making. And the first topic of that conference was um, empowerment for wise decision-making. All right? So last Sunday, the focus was to review that among the youths, which was a blessing to every one of us. Uh, including the older, uh, those of us that are older. Now, he said that from what Pastor George said last week, does it mean does it mean it is wrong to improve yourself? If being a bodybuilder is wrong, that means other life like-minded builders, health builders, uh, and so on are wrong. Um, now, let me just quickly say that that's not what I got from that. All right, but let me just tell us from the scripture. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 8. 1 Timothy 4, where it says, For bodily exercise profit little. Alright? But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, for better understanding, let me read that to us from another translation, I think from the message. It says, Walk out. Walking out in the gym are useful. 
But a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. There's nothing wrong in, you know, in exercising and uh, doing body building, you know. But the Bible says it profits what? Little. Right? It profits, but it's little. After all, we need this body to keep fit, isn't it? On this part of eternity to be able to evangelize and even preach the gospel. But it should not be done at the cost. Right? Neglecting your spiritual life. That's what that scripture is saying. So, um, there's nothing wrong in working out, but just make sure that as you work out physically, make sure that you also exercise your spiritual life. Don't abandon that. Alright? Now, the second question is that now, is choosing, I believe this is, done, this is asked by somebody who is married, is choosing to make your wife cancel, cancel work for you to attend prayer meeting a wise or selfish decision? Because I needed to use the car. <laughs> now, I believe this, this is asked by, by a man, a husband, a real husband, a man. All right? Now, it's simple. It can be wise, it can be foolish, it can be selfish. You know, depending on situation and circumstances on which decision is, uh, is taken. Such requests from your wife can either be wise, it can be selfish. It depends. Alright? But let me read a scripture t- to us because this, this question is asked by a man. Now, in First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, First Peter 3, 7, Say likewise, ye husbands. How many husbands are in the house? Husbands, come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, so this is God talking to you. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife and unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers not hindered. Now, what that is saying is this. If you are not considerate in dealing with your spouse, with your wife, your prayer can be hindered. Let me read that to you from the Amplified Bible, then I'll explain a little. He said, in the same way you married men should live considerately with your wives, be, cons- be, be considerable, with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation. Honoring the woman as physically the weaker. So the weaker vessel there is also talking of physically. Right? But realizing that you are joint heirs of the grace of uh, joint heirs of the grace, God's merited favor of life, in order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off. Otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. In fact, you cannot even preach effectively. If, I don't know about you, there's an issue between my wife and I that is not resolved, and I left her unhappy. Right? That is messed up for me. All right? The Bible says, Otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. The Message Bible says, the, the same goes for you, husbands. 
Be good husbands to your wives. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages in terms of strength. But in the new life of God's grace, you are equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run into our ground. So their prayer is supposed to go up. <laughs> I love message Bible at times. Instead of going up, where is he going? Praise the Lord. You see, now, look at this. Ephesians 5 tells us that even as Christ loves the church, that is the way the man is supposed to love his wife. Right? Jesus, the groom, the church, the bride, Jesus is never mean to the, to the church. So if you are mean to your spouse, the Bible says your prayer can't be answered. That's simple. Now, but let me just tell us two or three principles to apply. Because I said that request can either be selfish, it can be a wise decision. Okay, the husband wants to go to church to pray, but the wife wants to go to work and there's only one car in the house. All right, so we'll get to use the car. And that's just one out of several other uh, conflicts at times between husband and wife. It's simple principle. You see, what is more important at that given moment? That's the question. Because a job could be more important and the prayer meeting could also be more important. But don't forget that even the marriage is a ministry. Your home is actually also a church. Right? Giving consideration to your wife to go to work could be more important than you going to church at that time. It's just a matter of asking the question, what is more important at that time? And that brings me to the issue of sacrifice. You know, without making, you see that sometimes people make sacrifice for one another. The person you are making the sacrifice to, your attitude makes the person even to, be, to feel bad. That's not sacrifice. How many, how many married people know what I'm saying? Huh? You are making sacrifice, but you are grumbling over it. You are making the person feel so bad that it's because of you that I'm losing so much money. Why did you make the sacrifice in the first place? That's no sacrifice. The Bible says, for God, you see, for God so loved the world that he gave. God made the sacrifice. It was a painful one, but he made it joyfully. Jesus Christ went to the cross. The Bible says, why were yet sinner? Christ did what? Died. He did not say, well, you, you foolish guys. You are the one that is making me to die now. No, that's no longer a sacrifice. Alright? So the ability to make sacrifice and reach compromise. Learn to compromise. Hallelujah. We should always learn to compromise. Right? Well, this is not a marriage seminar. I think I've... Let me leave that because of my time. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, depending on situation, if you are to be me, I mean, you are not me, but we apply principle. There's only one car. My wife has to go to work. I have to go somewhere to cancel or to do follow-up. I will jump into the bus. sister <laughs> says straight away. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I will just, I will, I will just love going. I do that a lot. Right? We have only one family car. 
Many times I leave it for my wife and the children. Many, many times. Do I look like somebody who go around in bus? If I didn't tell you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Almost every morning I'm in the bus and sky train to this place. Hallelujah. Sacrifice. It doesn't make any difference. What does it, what does it make? Hallelujah. All right. I hope the man still loves me. Wives don't take advantage of that revelation. Glory be to Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Now, let me quickly go to what I want to share with us this morning. Um, like I said, it's still a fallout from a number. Instead of me to answer the, to ask the questions, like a couple of them, I decided to put it together and look at the scripture and make it a very, sh- uh, I mean, a short message. Now, it has to do with choices and consequences. So much was said during the power conference about choices, decision making, and last Sunday, the youth were able to lead us in so many questions and answers based on decision making. And some comments from power conference, you know, there was a time the man of God asked the question, why is it that we need to make choices in life? Why? Why do I have choices in life? You cannot have all the options in life. That's one of the explanations given, which is a fact. You know, all options are not perfect for you. Not all options. There's always always one option that's the best each time you want to uh, make decision. You know, and of course, because the word of God said to us that we are going to choose. Okay? But let me now say something. Because it's not enough to just talk about decisions and making choices and not think of the consequences. I took time to really think deep and ask the Holy Spirit, how do I handle these questions? And then the issue of consequences came in and I noticed that consequences um, were not dealt with. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19, that's the anchor scripture that I just want to... I just want to remind us to share with us some basic truth. You know, be something you've heard before, but there are some truths that I've heard before, but with a new depth to an old truth. That's one thing. You know, each time you hear some old truth, there's a new depth in it. Praise the Lord. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Now, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, <laughs> heaven and earth, to be a witness. That's serious. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Each time I read this scripture, is interesting. Let's pray. Father, please bless these few words with your grace and your anointing. Anoint our hearts and our ears to hear you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. You know, God is the only one that will give you a, que- I mean, a question and also give you an answer. There's nothing God tells us to do that is not giving us not just the answer but the grace to do it. God will rather not tell you to do something that you're not able to do. Alright? Because this book of Deuteronomy, you see, Deuteronomy is just a summary of the book of the first four books of Genesis called Pentateuch. Right? Um, Moses was about to leave and he now gave a summary, gave them instruction. Because the first five books of the Bible written by Moses called uh, Pentateuch or Torah 
they are the words of Moses as he prepared to enter the promised land, especially Deuteronomy. You know, so, and we need to pay attention. It's a summary. You know, when a man is giving a summary of something, it's very, very important, right? Now, in this verse, the first thing I would like to say to us is that in this verse, you can find a very simple definition of life as a human being. There's a program on TV that I've come to like to watch on CNN when I have the time. It's called This Life. You know, anchored by um, a lady called Lisa. I don't know if anybody watches it. And you see, on, on common places, on common um, professions, like those who are professional um, alots, she gets to interview them. And she shows those side of life. Now, what is life? Life is an unending series of choices. Life is what? As long as you are alive and breathing, you will have to make choices. There are choices to make. It's, and it's unending. I mean, for example, you already made uh, some choices today. You, you already choose so many, made so many decisions this morning. The clothes to wear, the shoes to wear, what time to leave your house and what time to get up from bed. Those are choices, decisions. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in this verse, the Bible says God called heaven and earth as witnesses. Now, why would God call heaven and earth as... Now, the Bible says heaven and earth there as witnesses. It's talking of man and angels. Because it's only man and angels that God has given the power. They are the two creation of God that has choices. Only man and angel are given the ability to choose. Because you look at the stars and the moon. They don't have a choice. They are just following a normal course that God had created for them. They can't decide not to shine today and shine tomorrow. The sun. Right? And uh, you can't go into the jungle and you find animals, you know, every four, four years may, deciding to have election to choose who their president is. Only man has that ability. That's why we are created in his image after his likeness. Even the so-called... Uh, um, king of animals. It is by what, the definition of man. Man, it is man that decided and made a choice. Okay, who is the king of the animals? It's not the animals themselves. Are you following me? So, in this passage, and the book of Deuteronomy in particular, you know, it is a small version of the entire first five books of the Bible, and it summarizes, and the summary is Choices and consequences. Choices and consequences. Now, I want to show out something. I'm not a mathematician, but as I was studying this passage, I discovered that choices is equal to consequences. Right? It says, choose life and you will live. The consequence of choosing life, right, is what? You live. Choose, and if you look at it very well, sometimes 
the consequences are not temporary. It could be eternal. Choose, choose life or choices equal to eternal consequences. Never think that consequences are not eternal. And I want to say this to the young folks. There are some decisions and choices that you make at this early stage in life that the consequences, you can never recover from it. Go and ask old people. Even me, I'm standing now. I can tell you that when I look back to some choices I made many years ago, but you know what? God will only give you grace. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. You see, God can do all things. That's true. But there are some things God will not do. There are some consequences, right, that cannot be changed. Are you following me? I'm going somewhere. You know, so that is why the verse says, choose life that you and your seed that his children and grandchildren may live. Can you see that? He said, there are some choices you will make that the consequences of, of the choice you made, it's all also to your children and your great-grandchildren. Can you see that? And he, the immediate lesson here for us is that if choices, listen to this, is equal to consequences, then choose things, make decisions based upon consequences. Now, take note of this. The first place we see this principle that I want, I'm sharing with you is a principle that you can apply to everything in life. When you want to make decisions, because we are beings that will always make choices. It's a principle, not a method. Now, the first place that we see this principle in the Bible is in Genesis. And I call it the, 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 the principle of uh, the, right, the right of first mention. Now, what do I mean by that? When something is mentioned for the first time, Regardless of where the passage is later mentioned in the Bible, if it's first mentioned in Genesis or Exodus, regardless of where it is first, it's not later mentioned, either in Luke or Revelation, you will discover that it will always submit to the interpretation of the right of the first mention. Go and check it. That's one of the best ways to study the Bible. The Bible never contradicts itself. God will never first say anything that does not explain all future meaning. That's why the Bible says, Jesus Christ said, the son of man goeth as it is written of him. Right? Everything that happened to Jesus Christ was written. And many of them were prophesied in the Old Testament. So when it is happening in the New Testament, as you look at it, go and check the first mention of it in the Old Testament. They never contradict Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1. Paul speaking. He said, Paul said, this is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be what? Be established. The law of first mention. Okay. So where is the first 
mention or the first witness of this principle I'm sharing with you this morning. Look, go back to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Genesis 2, 8 and 9. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Take note. Every tree pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, what this is saying is this. This tree mentioned here, these trees produce fruits from which you choose. And when you take fruits from this tree, the result, the consequence is that it is good. As long as you eat from only these trees, right? The consequence is what? Please, I want to be sure you are following me. That the consequence is good. This is good choice with good consequence. Are you following? Now, move to Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And let's see evil choice and evil consequence. Evil choice Evil consequences, it's laid out here in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Now, 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. That's the first one we read, right? That the consequence is, is a good consequence. Are you following? Now, verse 17 says, say, But of the tree... Of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou shalt eat there, of thou shalt what? First one says, choose this tree. It is good for food and you will live. The second one says, choose this tree and the consequence is what? Death. I'm talking of choices and consequences. It's not enough to just talk about decision making and making choices, but it's more important to also know what is the end result. Alright? Now, consequences. Like I said, so this principle tells us that choice is equal to consequence. It's a simple math. And they could be temporal or could be eternal consequence. Never forget. They could be temporal and temporal itself is relative consequence of making bad choices could be for weeks, for months, for years and it could be for even generations and could be eternal either in heaven or in hell. Are you following me? Alright, now let's now talk about the enemies of our soul and I want you to know this that every one of us children of God, everyone that is truly born again we have enemies that will always want us to make bad choices. Evil choice. Everybody. We are not immune to it. The enemy wants to put pressure for us to make bad choices. Now, God created man to choose. And God offered choices with consequences. That's why Genesis 2.17 that we read says, Thou shalt surely die. But Satan and the human nature you know, 
offers choices with no consequences. Now listen to me carefully. The devil will give you choices but he doesn't tell you the consequence. He doesn't. Please don't forget that. Genesis 3, 4 says, what did he say? He said, you shall surely not die. He said, you won't die. The bait of Satan. The questions I want to ask again is this, which is one of the questions that made me to take this approach. How do I know God is speaking to me when I'm making choices? When I want to make decisions? Now, simple answer. I don't want to get it complicated that you hear still small voice somewhere. The angel of the Lord will appear to you. Somebody will come and prophesy unto you. Rikala, ba, 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 ba. No, we are making things complicated. God is not complicated. Right? The simple answer is this. He reveals the consequences to me. How do I know God is speaking when I want to? Right? How? He reveals the consequence. Simple. For example, say, honor your father and your mother that it will be well with you all the days of your life. What is the consequence of honoring your father and your mother? Huh? It will be well with you and you will live long. Simple. Uh, the soul that sinneth shall die. What is the consequence of sinning? You see, oftentimes, people get things complicated. God is not complicated. His word is simple. Very, very simple. How do I know? It is the devil telling me to make a choice. How do I know? Because he is telling me that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter telling me to say, to be, to, be, you know, to be my own boss. The choice in front of me is to satisfy the flesh. You know, when no consequences is considered, you make the choice, you call the shots. That's the devil speaking. Not even make you to think of the consequence. When you think of the consequence, you, it doesn't sink. It doesn't, you don't consider the consequence. I can tell you, no matter how good-looking it is, right? It's not God. That's not God. When God is speaking, God will tell you the consequence. Good or bad. That's the Bible. Now, is that complicated? Do you need a still small voice to know that? Huh? Absolutely no. So, when you look at for example, you look at advertisement. Thank God this is a season. It's always here around, but season like this, they will tell you, you know, 2000 and, uh, two th- clearance, 2015. Right? And uh, 2016 is the market. And they will tell you, don't pay for two years. Huh? Don't pay for one year. Don't pay for three months. Now, they don't tell you the consequence of going for such, (laughs) making such choice. Do they? Even if they do at all, it's a fine print that even if you have glasses, you can't read it. (laughs) You know, at times I wonder, listen to me, at times I wonder, 
advertising a, a Jeep. A, a, I mean, maybe 2016 uh, Jeep on TV. And then they would show you on high definition, very powerful, maybe on the beach. They are driving it on the beach. And I begin to wonder, what has that got to do? Huh? Am I going to drive it on the beach? Is it meant to be driven on the beach? Now, it's all part of the deception. To make it attractive without telling you the consequence. And you get into it, what happened? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, I mean, buy cars. But my prayer is that we'll get to a point you'll buy cash down. You see, you don't believe that's why your amen is low. Presidium of the Lord. You know, so consequences are the result of bad choices. Please listen. God always offers choices with consequences, but Satan offers choices with no. We will not tell you. Have you ever met marketers before? One guy, one came to my doorstep the other day and uh, he was from tellers and told me so many things. You know, I said, now, tell me everything. I said, this deal you have given to me is a lot cheaper than what I'm paying at shore. Right? I want to change immediately because I'm going to pay <laughs> three times less. I said, tell me everything. And the way I was talking, I was looking at his mouth. I said, this guy. <laughs> I said, this guy. He said, that's everything. I said, are you going to pull my credit? He said, no. I've learned to ask a lot of questions. I'm going to get to that later. Details. And he made me to sign. Only to discover later that after I've signed and everything was done, I later discovered because there's something else I was trying to do. And I found out that the guy actually pulled my credit. And you know what? And I went back to that paper and I saw where I signed. It's actually stated there. <laughs> the devil never tell you what the consequences are. That's a simple principle to abide with. You know, now there are twofold attacks of the devil on our choices. Now, please listen to me carefully. And I want to use the example of Eve again. Twofold attack on Eve is the same thing, the same twofold on us when we want to make, take decision. When we are faced with a life of choice, he always tries to do these two things. Number one, he will reduce the importance of the word of God. The devil will reduce the importance of the word of God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 says, Have God said thou shalt not eat? Is that what God said? And don't mind the pastor. Don't tell the pastor. Let me tell you one thing. Anything you want to do, and anybody is introducing anything to you, and he says, don't let somebody else hear. No, there is something. Don't be in a hurry. Don't let pastor hear. Don't let a powerful authority over your life. It's dangerous. There's no matter how good looking it is. 
the authority that matters over your life, don't let them know. He said, as God said, it will reduce the importance of the word of God. You always query or question the importance of the word of God. Always querying the word of God. When you see people begin to ask questions, eh, why is this? Eh, why is this more important than this? Somebody asked a similar question on Sunday about uh, sexual sin and other lie. Huh? Uh, that's deception. You know? They explain away the Bible. What the Bible says on that subject matter, explain it away. They will reduce the importance of the word of God. It's an attack. I don't care how close that person is to you and he says to you, but it's okay, don't worry, somebody did it. You know, God, does God really mean it? When, when, when he said that the wages of sin is death, um, explain away the importance of the word of God. Anything that explain away the importance of the word of God, be careful. So, Satan and the world we live in always reduce the importance of the word of God. What the word God says. Always reducing it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no controversy. The word of God is the truth. It's the ultimate. It's everything. Nothing. You see, there's something about the truth. Right? Nobody can bury the truth. You see, lies may be going for a thousand years. Listen to me, brethren, please, if you're a true child of God. Others may be succeeding, you know, the ways of the devil. Huh? Please stand by the truth. The truth can never be buried. Never get into anything that explains away the word of God. And see, the danger again is this. Some people now, even the body of Christ today, you know, very subtle, they explain the way the word of God. They use the Bible to also explain the way the word of God. That's why you need to know the word for yourself. You say it doesn't really matter. We are in the last days. No, this generation is different. Who says? Do you know that the things that Paul says in his time, those things still exist today. False teachers. They spoke in the contemporary of their own time. Never make decisions or make choices when it looks as if the word of God is being reduced. Don't. Don't be unequal yoke with unbelievers. I said it doesn't really matter. He goes to church, he's good. Uh, he's going to be converted, he's going to change. It's a lie. It's a lie. The second attack. Is hasty decision. And how does he do that? You know, the Bible says, He who trusts in the Lord do not what? Make haste. When something is pushing you, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. God doesn't work that way. It's an opportunity, take it. <laughs> no. Watch very well. Hasty decisions. Now, how does he do that? He does it by deception. By covering and masking the consequences. The consequences are there, but we will cover it and mask it. Look at Genesis 3. Again, Eve 4 to 5. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Don't worry, you won't die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods. Small g. 
knowing good and evil. Meaning that he wanted her to rush to a choice by masking, by covering the consequences. That is what, for example, drugs. When you see people who are hooked on drugs, that's what happened. Go and ask them how it started. It first look good. You know, make them feel good. Right? So I, I just feel bad. I felt bad, but when, I, when they introduced that thing to me, I felt good. Right? Then after that, what happened? They never return. They never get back until they are hooked. I used to love fishing. I've always used that as an example. When you want to catch a fish, is it only the hook you put inside? You put something on the hook, a food, a bait, right? That covers. So what happened is that the fish sees the food and says, oh, come and take. This is good, right? It's a cover-up. The moment it goes for the food, what happened? It gets hooked. I've given an example to the men at men's meeting before of a man, very wonderful, lovely man I met. In, um, I don't want to mention the city, one of our parishes in, in Alberta. It was after a meeting like this, I finished ministering, he came to me. What happened was that he grew up in a Christian home. He was well brought up. And he got into college. His friends started having sex with their girlfriends. And each time he wanted to do it, he couldn't get himself to do it. Because he, he, he knew that it is wrong. Then one of his friends came. After much pressure, said, Man, this guy is pretty. She likes you. Do it. But eventually, he couldn't get to do it. Then his friend came up, you know, with cover. I said, okay, there's a substitute. The substitute is pornography. It gives you the same pleasure. Oh. And you know what? He tried it once. And he got hooked. Right from when he was, I think, 17, 18, or thereabouts. Now, as at the time I'm talking to you, I was talking to him. He was married with three children. And he was still hooked. His wife didn't know he was he's already affecting his marriage. Because anybody hooked on pornography can never have a satisfying sexual relationship with his spouse. Never. Until word of knowledge came, of course, that day the yoke was destroyed by the reason of the anointing. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Satan covers consequences. We make choices. Let me say this to the youth in particular. Sometimes our parents or guardians slows us down in decision making. No, relax, don't do it now. Oh, but daddy, I want to do it now. Mommy, you know what I mean? These old folks, old generation, they don't understand. You know? And the reason is because you lack the experience of parents in choices and consequences. Parents can tell you dozens upon dozens of choices they have made with bad consequences. And by reason of that, they can tell you to slow down. Samson, anointed of God from the womb, great purpose, great destiny, raised by God to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistine. Anointing, uncommon anointing over his life. He got to a place called 
Is it Gaza? Huh? And he saw a pretty lady. And in haste, he told his parents, Get her for me now. Get her. F- Relax. No, get her for me. Huh? He said, I love her. Get her for me. Ah, the parent has said, You don't know what you are saying. Relax. Even your mommy, your mommy that we are married many, many years, we still have issues. Relax. 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 When you see a man who has a child out of wedlock before getting married or during marriage, everything is fine now. But let me tell you one thing. Each time he or she sees that child, is always a reminder of the past when those bad choices were made. Right? Forgiven by God, moving on in life. I listen to me, but it's always, it will always be a distraction. Because when decisions have to be make, made now, what happened? Huh? You understand what I'm saying? So listen to parents. Listen to older people. Because they have experience in the area of choices and consequences. Don't think they are slow in making decisions. Don't think they are slowing you down. So, so when you make choices in any area of life, when you base it on the word of God or the words of Satan, your choice shows under whose authority you are. The choices you make shows under whose authority you have taken that decision. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, there's, there, let me say there's a problem with the word of God, problem in quotes. Sometimes the word of God, you know, asks us to do things that doesn't make sense, that we don't understand. I mean, for example, how can uh, giving away money will make us more money? No, let's be, it doesn't make sense. I have to give what I have so that I will get more. And yet the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shake it together, and run over. Shall I give unto your bosom? I can pay in tight. Eh? Cause the heaven upon me to be open. I cannot pay. It doesn't make sense. That's the problem with the word of God. But you see, the Bible says, the just shall live by what? Whatever I ask you to do, do it. Do it. Your choices determine who you serve. Please, when you want to make decisions, always focus on the consequences and never argue with the consequences. Don't argue. It's simple. Do you know that at times when you want to make decisions, some decisions, you don't even need to pray. What is the consequence? What would this turn out? Never be rushed into making decisions. Don't ever. Because it's the devil who will rush you into making choices without considering the consequences. It's the devil. Your choices determine who you serve. As I begin to round up, let me read Joshua 24, verse 15. Joshua 24, 15. And may I say this to you? You know, one day I told, um, some, some years back, one of my sons didn't do well in one course, and he, he was really down. And he felt, I mean, why, why should I fail? I said, ah. I looked at him. 
I said, how do I, I'm, I mean, I know when he's down, I, I can read him very, there's some moment that it's, it's difficult to bring him out of it. I think that was about the first time you really understand failure. You know, there's always a moment like that for children, right, that they truly come to that reality. The first thing I told him was, I said, look, I failed you before. It looked like this. He said, well, I think he asked the question, which subject? I said, I have failed many subjects before. <laughs> <laughs> what am I saying is this. Please, parents, guardians, share your failures with the young ones. Don't just tell them your successes. You know, if you are from my tribe, my tribe, are, the fathers never fail. They don't fail. <laughs> they have never failed. <laughs> eh? They're always first. Always first. Now, let me tell you, my dad was like that. My father, always first. Always. And he had a, an amazing law library until my father passed away. We were going through library. I was looking at And he loved to keep record. And I saw some things. I said, Kai, <laughs> this man has failed before. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, that's one of the best ways to train children. Let them know you are human. And then I tell them, how did you catch up? How did you come out of that failure? Right? You become real to them. They will no longer, let me tell you the benefit number one, they won't be afraid of you any longer. They'll be willing to share anything with you because you are not judgmental. The younger generation hate it when they are being judged. Hallelujah. Joshua 24, 15, because of my time. Joshua 24, 15. And it, seems ev- and it seems even unto you to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Look at the word choose. Choose. Whether the gods, God, small g, and plural, which your fathers, can you see fathers, served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. There are so many gods on this land. Which one are you going to serve? Listen, even when the word of God makes no sense, just do it. And then the understanding will come later. Understanding will come later. Understanding will come later. Some of you will come later to say, ah, daddy, thank you. It looked mean then, daddy or mommy, do, they, it seems they don't understand you, what you are going through. So because you don't understand what I'm going through, your generation is different. Listen, later in years you will look back and celebrate them. There are several people in history like that. Now finally, let me not give you the key. And that is Wisdom and understanding. Just mention it briefly. That's what I wanted to talk about originally. Like I said last week, I was going to talk about wisdom for decision making. But let me just close with a little portion of it. All right? Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Let me read from verse number 5. Proverbs 4. Now 5. Say, get wisdom. Get understanding. Tell your neighbor, get wisdom. Get understanding. Please look at your neighbor, get wisdom and get understanding. And that's it, forget it not. 
neither decline from the words of my mouth. God speaking. You know that word? Wisdom is where? It's in the word of God. Words of his mouth. Verse 6. He said, forsake her not. Using the word her. Can you see her? Forsake her. I wonder why he didn't say forsake him. Not. Hallelujah. Also, I don't forsake your wife. Because when you forsake a woman, you are in trouble. Huh? You see, you, you, don't, leave, don't leave your wife behind in anything you do. I don't know where Adam was at the beginning. I wish, <laughs> I wish he had carried her along. You know when God, the first man was God. I said, it's not good for this man. You know, God brought the woman brought a wife. The guy didn't ask for wife. It was God. But when, when the mistake was made, they fell. When God came, what did the man say? The one will you give me. And immediately after that, huh? equation changed. He will find a wife. You now have to find yourself. <laughs> so that when things go wrong, you will not go to God, the woman you gave me. What God now did now, God now gave principles to finding, guidelines for finding, to make the choice yourself. Are you following me? Because when things now go wrong, it is difficult for you to say, the, the woman you gave me. No. You know, some people come and say, Pastor, help me pray. What is God telling you? I said, I am praying for you. <laughs> huh? That God will help you to make the good choice. When you now come and say, yes, I'm sure, I will give you the principle, the guidelines to determine. When you now come to say, okay, I've made that decision. Okay, tell me your experience. When you now told me, I said, okay, you have made your choice based on the guidelines I gave to you. I pray it work well. If it doesn't work well, was it me? Wisdom. Because God did the same thing. The original plan of God was that he was going to be the ruler of Israel himself to govern us. But a time came that Israelites came. They want to be like other nations around them. He said, give us a king. Give us a king. Like many of us are saying, look, I want to be the Lord and the master, the ruler of myself and myself. I don't want the word of God to guide me. To make choices. Wise choices. Wise decisions. And God said, okay. You want a king? Take a king. Praise the Lord. May we be wise. Now, let me just say, forsake her not, she shall preserve thee. Love her and she shall keep thee. Listen to me. Men, listen to me. I don't know why I keep talking to men today. Right? Women have the capacity. When a woman feels loved by the man, when a woman... You see, do you know that it's, it's always easy for, it's women that are always falling in love. Right? Yeah, it's, you don't you agree with me? That's why they get easily hot. Men can even pretend. But I tell you this, please. Don't fall in love. Okay, everybody's all here now. What does he mean? <laughs> 
You see, the word fall gives the impression that it happens suddenly, boom. Hmm? Walk into love. Those who fall into love, they end up like Samson. Give me. Do it. Oh, he cares. He's so nice. Oh, you don't understand. He's a good guy. I say, ah, you are falling. Don't fall. Walk. You see, when you walk, right, there are principles you will take. There are places you would put your step, right? Maybe there's a time bomb there. You will go this way. Because you are watching. You are attentive. You are paying attention as you are walking. But when you fall, you fall into anything. For God so loved the world that he gave. God didn't suddenly give. He took time. Even the love of God. Right? You know how long it took? Jesus Christ was born. He had to grow. <laughs> 30 years. Then three and a half years. Right? Was what he used before he finally the love now made him to go to the cross. But some of you now, you are better than Jesus. You fall in love immediately. And that's why it doesn't last. If you go into it, boom, and you come out. Because you have bypassed all the principles. You have bypassed it. You don't want anybody to, any authority to give you the blessing. Um, you know, why should I tell the pastor? He has, his, he has his own wife now. Why, why should he know? You know, you bypass authorities and do things your own way because you are falling. Eh? That's why they say love is blind. But can I tell you one thing? Love is not blind. Though. True love is not blind. Because that blindness, when you get married, it will open. <laughs> Marriage is an eye-opener. That's why the thing you are blind to say, wow, he's cute, he's handsome, he's everything. You can never know a person. I don't care how long the courtship is. You can never fully know the person until you begin to live under the same roof. That's when revelation comes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, be wise. <laughs> be wise. Now, then, oh God. Number seven say wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Principal. When you say somebody's a principal signatory, without that person's signature, you can't get anything out. Principal. And with all that getting, get understanding. Exhort ah. Can you see ah again? <laughs> the power of women. And she shall promote thee. <laughs> Wisdom, understanding will promote you in making choices, wise decisions. And shall bring thee to honor. Can you see? Will bring you to honor when thou embrace her. She shall give to thy head an ornament of grace. That's where the name ornament of grace or woman fellowship came from. The ornament of grace. So, women, if you don't know, take note of that from today. You are special. Amen. And that's why you should receive wisdom to run your home. A wise woman does what? Build a home. But a foolish one does what? Because she's not what? She's not wise. The choices, decisions you make in your home, 
there are no wise choices and decisions. Can you see that? It's, it's the problem oftentimes is not the man. The Bible didn't say a wise man will build their own. It's a woman. Well, church, God has called to build lives for Christ. But let me tell you, women, you are builders. Women are builders. That's why many, many men who became somebody great in life, when they talk, they always refer to their mothers. Not that the fathers is necessarily bad. Are you listening to me? Fathers, don't, don't worry about it. It's because of the part of responsibility God has given to women to build. You see, men, to a certain extent, are not as patient as women in bringing up. If you are an impatient woman, uh, it is wisdom for you to be patient. Go and pray and fast. You know, when I look at the generation of our mother, when you hear their story, then you ask them, how do you survive my dad? One year, it's because of children. It's because of you, children. Wisdom. Wisdom. Now, this statement that we just read now, Proverbs 4, 5 to 10, is made by the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon. Wise enough to make the best decision when God asks him, what shall I give to you? Huh? He could have asked for the neck of his enemy, all the, all the enemies of his father. Father, kill them so that I can rule well. But he asked for what? Wisdom. And God now said, wow. He who has wisdom has everything. What did not even ask for? I'm giving it to you. You know, please get wisdom, understand. The question is this. What does he mean by wisdom and understanding? And I will close. What does he mean by wisdom and understanding? Now, listen to this carefully. Wise people examine matters fully. Wise people examine things thoroughly. Wise people, right, look at the total picture. Wise people don't jump to conclusion. Wise people don't act based on the current information. Wise person examine things fully, examine things thoroughly before taking decisions. Wise people don't act on hearsay. I've met people before that others have told me, I said, Pastor, that person is in your church. Be careful, oh. And they will say all kinds of things about that person, about pastors, and I, I, I say, okay, thank you. Thank you for information. But what do I do? I draw the people closer. I want to discover them myself. And I've discovered many, many times such people have become great helper of destiny. They are not what others says they are. Oftentimes, people you jump to conclusion about is because you have not gotten close to them. Wise people examine things thoroughly. People find a wife, find a good thing, obtain favor from them. The word find is an active word. Find takes time. Even if you if you if you find immediately, you see it needs time to investigate. Investigate. You know, my father-in-law investigated me so much that I had to wait three years before she could say yes to her daughter for me. And I don't blame the man because as at that time, look, I've put on flesh now. I was like a broom. And worse still, I had one, you know, wicked jeans. We call it wicked in those days. Natty jeans, you see. 
We call it natty, dirty. And I had my Bible, dirty. My Bible, is, this one is even better. Now, I looked very sick. So the man had to examine. I said, this one that is coming from my first daughter. Let us say, is he, is he, where his family is he from? Uh, he's born again, tongue talking. Mm -mm -mm. I want to examine him. My wife, my daughter is healthy, but this one looks sick. Many, many times we use spirituality, you know, to, you see, there are some things God alone will do, but there are some things God will not do for you that you have to do yourself. You have to examine thoroughly. And it's difficult to know. Even though I'm very active in sport and everything, but I look sickly. And to not make matter worse, on Saturdays, listen to me, I don't, if there's any game in town, in the city I lived in, in Ibadan, at the Liberty Stadium, I don't watch it on TV. No matter how, how broke I was, I must get to, I will get to stadium by faith. Hoping that I will get in there. But in the morning, I will go around my follow-up and evangelism. I will do seek ye first the kingdom of God. Even though my mind may not be there at some point. Then from there, I will go to my wife's house. There's a nice meal waiting for me. I will consume it. You know, some elders will say when you go to some places, just leave a little to show that you are my own. <laughs> I mean, I will eat it thoroughly. And again, you say, hmm, that's a sign that this boy is not well fed. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Wise people examine things thoroughly. What about understanding? Understanding people are people who know how to get good consequences. They know how to get good consequences. Because what they are searching, what they are looking for, they understand it very well before taking decision. They have good understanding before they launch into it, before they go into it. And because they have good understanding, it will help them now to be wise, to make good decisions, and they will get good consequence. Hallelujah. Please, develop yourself. Develop wisdom and understanding. How? Reading, studying, and meditating on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Don't just go to church. Huh? Get into the word. Wisdom does not just come on a platter of gold. You may have heard the phrase, uh, the phrase, little hinges swing big doors. Hmm? As big as that door is, no matter how big a door is, do you know what is holding it? The hinges. It's so small. And to make things more interesting, even what will open it is so tiny. Key. The key. I'm giving you, you see, the principle that will help you in life is like the little hinges. That's what you need. You need to open bigger doors for you. You make things work in every area of life. You see, small keys open the largest of doors. 
those little inges are the small keys and you are the decisions we make in life. You see, King Solomon, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, pointed out wisdom and understanding as the two keys that will open your door to great things in life that will help you. Praise the name of the Lord. I want us to pray. Because, you see, wisdom gives us the ability to see differences between wrong and right. Ability to see the difference. Wisdom. Wisdom provides the ability to discern different differences quickly. It helps us see what others cannot see. Wisdom gives us the ability to make good choices. To make good decisions. And we get it from God. We get it from God. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, James 1.5, let him do what? Ask of God. And that give it to all men liberally. Please, I want you to pray. It could be for your academics, it could be for marriage, it could be for that man or that woman that you think is tough and difficult. Lord, I need wisdom to relate with my spouse. I need wisdom to deal with my difficult professor. It could be the head of the department, it could even be your pastor, it could be your boss in the office. Wisdom for life and living. You need to build your faith. God doesn't react to problem in life. He reacts to faith. Your obedience and faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that is a reward of those vigilance seek him. Build your faith. Faith expands when we hear God speak when we study the word of God, when we meditate on the word of God, faith expands, wisdom increases. There's no shortcut. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. In all that getting, get understanding. And the greatest wisdom in life is to fear God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That's the greatest wisdom, to fear God. When you fear God, you are able to ask him everything you need. You're able to talk to him, to make decisions. You check the word of God. Does it tally with what the Bible says? Is there any hidden agenda behind it? Why? Because you fear God. You know he's the one who owns your life. He owns your marriage. He owns your academic. He owns your relationship. He owns everything. You are not self-existence. And when you live your life and you have that disposition to God. What does he do? That's the beginning of wisdom. Solomon powerful. He inherited the king, the throne. Very powerful. But he knew that he got there by grace. So he asked God at the beginning of life. He said, okay, God, give me wisdom. And God gave him everything that he needs. As you are talking to God right now, can I just quickly pray? Just two prayers. If you are here this morning, you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The number one decision, the best decision you can ever make in life is to choose Jesus, choose God. That's great wisdom. Or you are here, you've taken that decision before, you've made that choice before, but you have gone back to the other way. It is wisdom for you to return also. That's not difficult. With the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Taste and see for the Lord is good.
God is not a taskmaster. He's always calling. He said, come, come unto me. Come, come unto me. All you that labor and heavy laden. It is wisdom. When you are carrying weight, you are carrying burden. All your burden. It is wisdom to take it to God. It is wisdom. I don't know what you are going through right now. It is wisdom to make that choice of saying, Lord, I hand over to you. And whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. If you want to make that decision, decision with Christ, can I quickly pray with you? Lift up your hands wherever you are. Please, this is not a time to be shy or be ashamed. All right? There's one hand over there. And if you are watching life, you have never made that decision before, you may want to join us. Put your right hand on your chest right now, and I will pray with you. And I want you to just pray this simple prayer after me. The hands that are raised there, ushers, please attend to those hands there. And for those of us that are watching as well, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for your word that has come to me. I have been a sinner. I I have backslided. But I want to come back. I'm making a choice to come back to the kingdom of God. Please forgive me of all my sins. Write my name in the book of life. And from today that I made this choice, by your special grace, I will never go back again. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for these lives. Either watching or life right here in this hall. You've made a promise that whosoever shall call upon your name, you will not wise cast away. This one, I've made a wise choice, wise decision to come to you. Please, Father, forgive them. Write their name in the book of life. On this journey of life, as they begin now, Father, I pray that by your grace, they will always turn to you for wisdom in making choices in life. Thank you, my Father, in Jesus' name. Now, I want to pray for everyone here right now. You know your problem is that is, is you are not wise. You've made many wrong decisions in life. Can I just raise up your life hand? You don't want to go back. You've made some wrong decisions in life. Father, you can see these hands. Lord, please, I'm asking for that grace. The grace that will help them to seek for wisdom and understanding. Lord, to always consider the consequences from now on. And I thank you because of the anointing that you are releasing upon them to make wise choices. I give you all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, where I prayed. Praise the Lord. Glory be to Jesus. All right, can we just, media, can we play our announcement as we prepare our offering? Let's take care of our offering right now. Let's get it ready as the media play the announcement right now.
next Sunday is our Thanksgiving Sunday. So if you have a testimony, please do not forget to submit it online before next week Sunday. Remember, your testimonies not only praise God, but may bless someone in church. Our Believers class continues today by 1 p.m. For those of us who want to be baptized, do not forget to register with Pastor Ola or Sister Isaiah Adebora. Just tell them our journey to read everything. We are one, two, four, my light. Here are some events that are coming up this December. Check the On the 5th of December, okay. we will be having our annual Christmas program okay. right here Pray. in Ray Chapel, starting at 6 p.m. Please invite as many people as you can to join us and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the reason we are standing here today. All heads of department are reminded to submit their items for their departments after service today. On Sunday, the 6th of December, Glory Chapel in North Vancouver will be having her inspiration. We are all invited. On December the 13th, we will be handing out gift baskets to the less privileged. Please let us join in sharing the love. Later that evening, we will have the ornaments of the great Christmas party. And all women, both young and old, are invited. Finally, we'll have the crossover service on the 31st of December at the Anvil Center. Please come to worship the Lord and begin the new year with us. We have some events lined up for the beginning of next year, starting with the Alpha program on the 21st of January. This will be followed by the Vision Conference, starting from the 29th of January. The first two days of this conference will be for workers who will be having a retreat at Camp Luton. And the following four days are open to everyone, so please invite as many people as you can. The Marriage and Engagement Ministry will be having a couple dinner on the 13th of February. And from the 26th to the 28th of February, the Young Adults and Single Ministry will be having a conference, so please do not fail to attend this conference. We're still looking for a place to call home, and the church has found the land that she wants to buy. If you're interested in donating, the details are in the bulletin. If you would like to advertise your business, please send an e-copy to the email on the screen. If you're celebrating your birthday this week, we would love to wish you a very happy birthday, and we pray that the Lord will add many more prosperous years to you. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus.